Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to an all-new episode of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez, your August 18th edition, as it is once again game day today, game day tomorrow, back-to-back games. Flyers Daily presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Coming up in just a minute, you're going to hear from Flyers head coach Elaine Vigneault from yesterday. Had a chance to address the media, although it was a player's off day. They have to have one off day per the CBA uh, a week. Yesterday was that off day uh, for players, but Elaine Vigneault addressed the media, answered questions about game number three, that one nothing win over Montreal that gave the Flyers the two games to one series lead and kind of gave some prognostication on game number four, which will happen later this afternoon at three o'clock. Also going to hear from former, also going to hear from one of the depth pieces for the Flyers with the expanded roster, that is Flyers goaltender Alex Lyon had a great conversation with Alex over the pause, and we have another great conversation today, and we dip into all kinds of different areas, including the mental side of Carter Hart, the goaltender, also how Alex is passing time inside the bubble, and much more. So stay tuned. That is coming up with Alex Lyon as well. Flyers entering game four of the series, up two games to one, and they've got the opportunity now to put a stranglehold on the series. The teams in the NHL playoffs, historically, that have gone up three games to one to take that lead and put a team on the brink with uh, multiple opportunities to eliminate them, have gone on to win the series 89.8% of the time. So basically, nine times out of ten, if you take a three games to one series lead, you're going to win that series. It doesn't happen all the time. The Flyers, back in 2000, had a three games to one lead on the New Jersey Devils. The Flyers were down three games to none against the Boston Bruins in 2010. A win today, though, will put the Canadians on the brink. The Flyers got to bring their A game probably for the first time in this series. They've had their A game defensively in two of the three games in this series. Offensively, ice has been really hard to come by. You saw in the games uh, around the NHL, low scoring, low shots on goal. Every inch of the ice is contested. It's something that Flyers head coach Elaine Vigneault mentioned. And here's his availability from yesterday. I know you had a lot of respect for Montreal before the series started, and you said that they were not lucky to beat Pittsburgh. After you've seen them three games, are they even better than you thought they were? Uh, they're, you know, exactly what I thought going into this series. Uh, uh, they're, uh, they're a quick team uh, that if you don't manage the puck well, they come at you real hard. They work extremely hard. They're very competitive. Uh, so everything that we expected as far as uh, this playoff series is exactly what we're getting. Going into this series, the uh, the Kevin Hayes line was maybe your most effective line, especially offensively. What's your thoughts been on their series so far? Um, you know, offensively, it's it's been real challenging. I think uh, you know, take away that second game there, uh, but for for both teams to uh, generate opportunities, uh, you know, it's 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 playoff hockey. You know, there's not a lot of room. It's very competitive. It's very physical. So uh, have they gotten the, the same looks that they did prior to uh, the opening of the playoffs? Maybe not. Uh, but I do know that, uh, you know, they're working extremely hard. Uh, Scotty might have had, uh, as far as his puck management yesterday, a little bit more challenging game. But he's such a, a character, individual character player that I'm very confident that he's going to bounce back tomorrow with a much better game. 
just wondering, when you look at the matchups in this series, is there something you can do to get that top line with Couturier and Giroux and Voracek going again, get them away from the Weber-Sherratt defense matchup? Um, you know, whether it's Weber-Sherratt or, or, or Petrie or Kulik, I mean, um, they're going to get one of those two matchups, and, and they're good players. You know, Coots's line, they're good players. They got to find a way to contribute. They did yesterday. Their goal on on uh, on that faceoff play was the winning goal. Um, you know, they, there's obviously getting on the score sheet, but there's a full 200 foot game at this time of the year that's more important uh, than any other time. <clears throat> and I think Coots's line has, has played well uh, at both ends uh, of the rink. A couple of the coaches mentioned it this morning that uh, we're three weeks into this bubble now, and maybe. Um, uh, we haven't talked a lot about it lately, but um, you know the reality is we've only you've only played three playoff games uh, in three weeks, and I'm wondering how some teams are have you know the reality is quite different than what you expected. I wondered if you could just give us a perspective on on the demands. Maybe maybe not so much for the coaches because I know you spend a lot of time on video and prep, but maybe the players are having uh, a harder adjustment time. Well, I can only speak for my group, and uh, you know there is no doubt that uh, this is a, a different time, and these are different circumstances. Uh, but uh, from what I, the feedback that I'm getting from our group is, you know, we're in a pretty good facility here, and uh, guys are, are finding ways to uh, keep themselves busy when we're not either at practice, a video session, or, or playing games. Um, they're um, obviously uh, talking to their loved ones uh, through FaceTime. And, uh, you know, again, it's a different time. But, uh, you know, I, I sort of feel that we're very fortunate to have been given this opportunity to, uh, to be able to, uh, to play this great game. I do think that we're doing something for people that love sports, uh, whether you know, fans in Philly or fans in the province of Quebec are getting an opportunity through hockey right now for, you know, three, four hours every other day to uh, watch their team, cheer their team and, and forget about what's going on right now in the world. So I think we got to do our part and, and this is it. On the uh, PK side, it looked like you guys got back to uh, the sort of puck pressure sticks sticks and bodies in, in lanes that, that you've shown most of the season and, and throughout the uh, round robin. Um, did you feel that the PK course was correct? And on the power play side, what can the team be doing better to generate entries and better looks? Yeah, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, our power play, uh, we're going to make, uh, obviously, a couple of adjustments there. I do think, though, you know, if you look at uh, last night's game, we were able to force the Montreal team to take six penalties. So we obviously worked it hard and, and spent time in their, in their zone that uh, put them in that position. Um, I do believe in, maybe I'm, it's my positive nature that with the personnel that we have and you know the way that we were able to make a click in that last 20 game stretch, I tend to believe that in this players and that we're going to find a way to, uh, to make it to make it click. So um, I, I believe uh, in these players, our execution right now is a little off. We need to make a couple of minor adjustments. We've been talking with that this morning with players and a couple of 
couple of the players and uh, we're going to come up with a plan and um, I believe we're going to be better tomorrow. Uh, I was just wondering how difficult can it be to sometimes balance track records of, you know, a player's career with also just the pressure of making adjustments game to game on a guy when, uh, you know, every game is so meaningful right now. It's a real great, good question. And it is right now it's because this is different time. Uh, you, you know, we usually when you come into the playoffs, you've played 82 games and you sort of know where your team stands, where the roles are, uh, who's on top of their game and who's not on top of their game. But this year we had a almost a five month pause and uh, you get back into it. And, you know, obviously with different track records, some guys have earned maybe a little bit more leeway, but this is what you have to do at different times. And, uh, you know, coaching is about making uh, tough decisions, sometimes for the benefit of the team. That's why uh, our staff and, and management are getting together, you know, for quite a few hours a day and talking through things. And uh, we obviously have got a few decisions to make and different roles. And we're going to do that for the benefit of the team for the, for this time. Winning a game one nothing is is probably not what a lot of us were expecting coming into this playoffs. Certainly, the way this team played this year with such offensive depth and offensive scoring, and then you couple that with the success that the Flyers had in the round robin. Um, but the Stanley Cup playoffs are different. It's why some teams, like a year ago, the Tampa Bay Lightning were a team that flew up and down the ice with very little structure and tried to outscore teams. Or you look at a team that's lacked playoff success like the Toronto Maple Leafs um, that could could not play with that structure and were not a team built to play uh, low-scoring defensive-style hockey games. Um, the Flyers can do both. That's a good sign. The fact that they can win games in the playoffs 2-1 to one and 1-0 one to against a team with a great goaltender and get great goaltending is something that is a good thing. Again, I understand it's a bit shocking. It's different, but the fact that a team can win in different ways makes them a lot more dangerous to go on a long run because depending who the opponent is, um, they can win a series based on what is given to them in that particular series. Had a chance to catch up with Alex Lyon. Talked to him early in the pause. He is in the bubble for the Philadelphia Flyers. It's not your traditional black aces like years past, and obviously it's a lot different being in a bubble, so here's my conversation with Flyers goaltender Alex Lyon. Joining us right now on Flyers Daily is Flyers goaltender Alex Lyon from the bubble. What's going on, Al? Not much. Just uh, just hanging out here in Toronto, uh, back at the hotel room. It's kind of a different summer, huh? <laughs> a little bit? Kind of being in the bubble? Yeah, not much. Not much. Uh, not much. Well, I actually take that back. We've had, I think, maybe one bad day since we've been here. The weather's been absolutely beautiful, so... Um, we got a pool, we got a pool on the roof, so life's not too bad. Summer, summer, a little bit. Um, for, for you guys and, and the players that, um, the extras that the team brought up and the team brought up 31 players total, uh, what's been the kind of the practice regiment for you guys? Are you out with the regular group? Are you guys skating at other times, maybe when they're not? Yeah. So I think, um, well, it's just – it's kind of an interesting mix because typically a black ace, you're just there as an extra, just trying to stay ready to play. 
this circumstance, I mean, this is the time when we need to be training and getting ready for the season. So there's kind of that mixture of both of, yes, we all have to be ready to play, you know, especially the older guys or the guys who are, are, you know, a little bit closer in line there. But at the same time, um, we're, we're working out every day too because uh, we're trying to get in better shape. Um, and it's a good opportunity because who knows if we'd have a gym back home to work out at. So um, it's been a little mixture of both. We're skating and working out uh, pretty much every day. Um, so in that regard, it's pretty nice. Well, well you, I've talked to you before and, and you've talked about how you've trained, you know, changed your training through the years. And obviously the, the, the schedule that you would normally go through when you decide to get back on the ice, when you decide to start looking at more shots and, and that kind of ramp up that you do towards the season. Um, it's different there because maybe you don't have the same things at your disposal. Do you feel like you're accomplishing the work that you would normally accomplish at this time in an off season in preparation for another season? Yeah, I think, I think it's different in the, the respect that it's almost like just a continuation of the season. So typically you take two, three weeks, maybe even a month after the season, eat a lot of pizza, drink too many Bud Lights, you know, um, let yourself go. And then you just absolutely are so ready to go. Um, and here, I mean, after the season ended, we didn't really know when it was going to start back up. I mean, once that, I think it was a Thursday, once we all got sent home, we're like, all right, two weeks, it's going to cool down and we're going to be back. So like for a while there, we were, I was trying to stay ready just in case we were coming back all the time, all the time. And then it got to the point where, and I remember we talked, I talked about this, but it got to the point where it's like, all right, it's clearly not going to start. I need to get those two weeks in or week, 10 days, whatever, where we just do nothing and enjoy life and, and stop thinking about hockey. So I tried to, incorporate that at least in my own training um but I was still in pretty good shape I mean much better shape than I typically would be in when I start summer training um so it's kind of just been more a continuation of uh the season and building with that or or using that momentum from the season um and then obviously you know we were in Voorhees six weeks ago now something like that maybe even two months ago close to so uh, we've been training quite a bit and skating quite a lot. So um, I think that guys are pretty close to, you know, mid regular season form. Um, have you been watching a ton of hockey while you're up there? I mean, you're in the bubble, so it's, it's not like, you know, you can uh, just escape it at this point. It's on everywhere. Um, and you're kind of uh, quarantined in this, which is a really cool area. But uh, are you watching a lot of hockey? Uh, I started off hot really excited watching a lot and I'm not really a guy that likes to watch too much hockey during the season. Anyway, I just find that I need to escape. Um, and so I've, I've kind of been falling back into that where it's like the bubble not only keeps out, you know, coronavirus, but it also kind of keeps out the hockey stuff as well. Like we come back to the hotel and it's been pretty cool because like you see guys around the rink and or you know during the games ultra competitive ultra fiery and then you see them in the elevator and it's like oh hey how's it going 
yeah, we're just living our normal lives back in the bubble. Everybody's trying to kind of re regain that homeostasis of, all right, we need to find some level of normalcy inside of this. So let's try and live and act as normally as possible. And it's weird because you're right. That's home now. So that's away from the rink. That's away from the game. That's where you, you bring the, the rhythm of your brain and your competitive juices down. But now they're all, you're all neighbors. You know, you walk down and you see whoever, you know, guys, you know, the best players in the world everywhere. It's like this hockey uh, utopia where everybody's living at this time. Let me ask you this because um, I love the way you think about the game. Um, you see there's no fans there. There's, there's very little atmosphere. They're playing some music and stuff like that. How, how do you think that affects the goaltenders, or at least it would affect you? Um, every goalie's different. Some goalies like to feed on a crowd. Some goalies like to completely tune it out and pretend it's not there. How would that, you know, kind of you deal with that situation? I, I think that I think, and obviously I, you know, I haven't been in game action yet. So um, just speaking off the cuff here, but I think that goalies are playing better and are much more relaxed in this atmosphere because it's just, I mean, realistically all you're trying to do on a daily basis is translate what you do in practice to what you do in the game. And, uh, and it's much easier to do that in this environment because you're just going from a rink to a rink, you know, whereas typically there's pressure fans. Um, I was actually just watching some clips a couple of days ago about like when Pittsburgh was in in the finals and it's just insane. I mean, the energy, so to me, I, I guess, uh, I think that most of the time those exterior factors are what throw guys off their game. Um, and here it's much more translatable from practice um, to a game. And, and I, you know what, I haven't been in the locker room before the game. Um, we've been separated in that capacity. So I can't speak from firsthand experience, but just from what I've seen, um, you look at a game like uh, Columbus five overtimes. Oof. I think that that's much more likely to happen in this environment than it would be uh, in a typical playoff atmosphere, just because you have so much more adrenaline with people in the stands. Everything's it's a controlled environment and the game's a little bit more controlled and right. that's good for goalies. I, I, do you think that's why we're seeing um, – I wasn't sure going into this if goalies would – it's like pitchers being ahead of the batters or batters being ahead of the pitchers. I wasn't sure if the shooters would be ahead of the goalies or the goalies would be ahead of the shooters. And I didn't know what the – because we've never been through this before. But in my opinion, it seems like the goalies, for the most part, in most of the series, have been ahead of the shooters. Are you surprised by that at all? We've seen some really good goaltending. I have been. I've been extremely surprised by a lot of things, actually. The, that – I mean, I guess I've been really surprised at how quickly players have been able to regain that like high level. And I mean, I think that's one reason why NHL players are in the NHL because they can flip that switch much more easily than like say in the American league. I know that that's one thing that's a big difference between the American league to the NHL is NHL players have the ability to flip that switch at any time. Whereas an American league player might have just as much talent, but they just can't flip that switch as consistently and often as an NHL player. Um, So I think that that's might be part of it, but it's been, I mean, the crispness, I I thought, I actually thought that we would see a lot more injuries um, 
than we have, which I've been super impressed by the, the level of fitness that guys have come in with and really retained over the break. I mean, I think everybody thought that, that we were going to see guys coming in at 260 pounds and whatever, mm -hmm. eating pizza on their couch all the time. But everybody has been, um, everybody's been, yeah, dynamite so far. Um, from what I've seen, really competitive. Um, and uh, it's, it's been funny because the, the games, there aren't fans, but you can still feel that playoff electricity. And like even those qualifying games, the round robin, there's a difference between those games and then the games now that we're playing Montreal, like the games that are actually very meaningful. You, there's a different vibe in the rink. Like, okay, if we lose this game, we're going home type of vibe. Um, yeah. So that's been kind of your playoff life. Right, right. Um, let me ask you this because, um, you know, you've played in the NHL, you've played in the AHL, you played collegiately. Um, it does, for a goalie, and, and there's this notion out there that the higher level you get, like the NHL is actually easier for some goalies than the AHL because guys are in the right spots. They're doing their job. Um, the AHL is a good league and it's a grown man's league. Um, but the attention to detail defensive systems isn't the same as the NHL. Did you find that to be the case for you? You know, the back door is covered when it's supposed to be and those kind of things. Definitely, definitely. And I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even say positionally it's that, it's that different. I just think a, a one, one really big factor between the NHL and the American League is in the American League, every single person is trying as hard as they can every night to make it to the NHL, whereas the NHL is a much more controlled environment. And the players are so good that if you, you know, are too aggressive and you take yourself out of position, you're going to pay for it. Where in the American League, it's like a, it's like a, a penalty kill. Penalty kill is a perfect example. In the American League, you can be much more aggressive because guys, if you pressure a guy, uh, he might make the play, but a lot of times, like, the defender is going to have the advantage. Whereas in the NHL, if you are aggressive and you pressure, you're going to, you're going to, be made a spectacle of because guys are just that good um so yeah i think i think it's definitely more of a chess match um the the big difference is when there is a breakdown in the nhl guys do not miss like you're gonna have to make an excellent save um and so like you said the attention and level of detail has to be even greater even though it's not as necessary yeah, it's it very. I've always heard that, and then it, it stands to reason. Um, and you're right when they get an opportunity, and it's a guy like Nikita Kucherov that you're facing, or somebody like that, or you played against Colorado this year and de dealt with Nathan McKinnon, and you're dealing with that team with Miko Rantanen. Um, right. Those guys can bury at any given time. They can be, and they can transition on top of you at the so quickly. Right, right, and they'll just yeah, they're just so good and so fast. Whereas the American League is much more. Let's get over the red line. Let's dump it in, skate as fast as we can, hit somebody as hard as we can, um, try and make a statement in the game, get a point, whereas the NHL is, all right, let's, let's keep it 0-0 for as long as we can, and then we'll attack on the power play, or we'll strike when we get an opportunity. Um, it's just much different in that respect. But in the same breath, 
it's all, the difference is also only this big, you know, it's yeah. so, it's so, so small. Um, so it, it's, it's, de there's definitely some truth to that. Um, it's just the, the guys in the NHL are, especially those top end, you know, top six forwards. They're just so, so dangerous. Um, the last game, uh, game three was a, a one, nothing win game one, the win for the flyers was a two, one game. Uh, you've played in a lot of tight games. Um, that margin for error when you only have a one goal lead, goals are hard to come by in this series. Uh, for the goalie, talk about the pressure of maintaining a, a one goal lead in a two one game or a one nothing game, because it heaps a whole different feeling onto your your mind and your body, uh, knowing that goals are really hard to come by. I'm probably not going to get a two goal lead here. Um, I got to be perfect essentially in all my reads and diligent in, in keeping my mind sharp. For, for anything that can happen right yeah that's i mean that's the difference that's that that's really to me that's the biggest difference between super elite guys and and guys that you know every level down is just uh, i think physically there's not a huge difference between a lot of guys like every once in a while alex lyon can pull a game out of his ass against colorado and <laughs> play really well <laughs> carter carter hart can do it on a nightly basis um, and to me, a lot of it just exists right here. And I mean, perfect example last night, 45 seconds left, whatever caught Kaniemi is all alone in front and Carter takes it in the chest and is extremely square and gives the puck to the ref and he doesn't think twice about it. You know, I brought Whereas, that up on the post game show. He's in the right spot. His read was perfect again. <laughs> Whereas... 90% of other guys, you know, outside of Carter Hart and Carey Price are like, I got to be so good right now. I got to make this save. And that's, that's the difference. That's the difference to me between those guys and, and every step down is just that ability to stay consistent, whether it's the first period. I mean, even I think about that save that he got scored on in that game that he got pulled, he got scored on early on. But then they had another two-on-one. He made a nice pad save and then that incredible blocker save. I'm not sure if you remember that. Yeah. But, but it's just like he doesn't care if they score. He's going to do the same thing every time. He doesn't care if he gets pulled. He doesn't care if he lets in 10 or if he gets a shutout every game. He's going to play the way Carter Hart wants to play. And, um, you know, obviously there's all kinds of factors that roll into that. I mean, he's been, he's been a stud his whole life. But it's – it's a really, uh, it's something that I try to learn from. It's just, I try to pick up on that. I try to learn from it. I try to care less, you know, it's, it's incredible. You have to have an amnesia, an amnesic mind to be able to compartmentalize. Okay. They scored. I got to let it go because it's not going to help me on the next, on the next shot or the next rush or anything like that. Um, right. as you look at his game here in the playoffs and you just brought up a couple great examples, um, and, and I look at the two turnovers uh, in the game yesterday. Uh, one was on um, with Brendan Gallagher right in the middle of the circles, and the other one was uh, turned into a, a rush opportunity for Jonathan Drouin, two guys that can absolutely bury. Um, but he's ready for that. And staying really sharp mentally, it looks like the puck's going to go out of the zone, we're a good, and we're in a good spot. If you let off mentally even for a second, then you're not going to be prepared for that turnover opportunity that's on top of you and in a nanosecond he's so impressed with his ability to stay focused in that spot yeah yeah I mean again it's 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 just it's not it's 
for him, it's not the ability to focus in on that one situation. For him, it's just Carter Hart is just playing. He's just playing. Whereas I think you and I, I, I get the feeling that we're more similar in the way where it's like, all right, how should we think in this situation? And how should we approach mm-hmm. this and this and this? Like ultra analytical. And that's just the way I am and the way I'll always be. But for Carter, it's just like, eh. Carey, I mean, you see Carey Price. It's, it's all those really good guys are just almost to the point where it's nonchalant for them. They're um, gifted. Right. And, and, it's, and it, it's a mindset that he's probably had his whole life. And uh, I try to embody that on a daily basis. But, um, you know, f- for him to make those saves, though, is the exact same as him taking a point shot right in the chest 10 times over again. It's, yeah. It's just, it's the same. He's not, he's not thinking, he's not overthinking it. Um, and um, so that's, that's, you know, I think for him, one thing I've noticed is I think this regular season, he was emerging. He's still a young guy coming up. The feeling that I get around him right now is he is a guy, you know, he's a big deal. Whereas before he was a young kid doing very well. Now it's like, all right when we're, he's going to be on the scouting sheet for the other team. And I think that that's maybe one step up just in between the time that the season led up. And then now I think that um, he's kind of carrying those vibes around him. And it's, it's been pretty fun to be around it. Yeah. I kept saying, you know, for a 21 year old, for a 21 year old prior to his birthday. And I said, I got to stop saying that because he's got to stand on his own as a goalie and a goalie alone. The number of on his birth certificate shouldn't matter. Um, to that point real quick, too, um, I find myself, even in beer league games, I'm over-analytical. I'll be in a post lean. I go, I think I should be down right now in an RVH. I think I should be down. And then right. the center pass comes out, and I'm not down, and it you know, sneaks by my left pad from on my right side. I'm going, damn, I should have been down. <laughs> but I'm like, actually, like my gears are going in my head as I'm in the middle of a play in a post lean saying those things to myself. <laughs> and I'm going, right. why am I just not down? You know what I mean? But when you don't have repetition or whatever. And I blow. Um, <laughs> uh, do you do that as well? Like, do you, do you kind of, as oh, you're playing yeah. a game, you're thinking, maybe I should be down here. Should I be down? Maybe I should get back up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where some guys, it's just they're down or they're up, and it's, that's it. Yeah, and it's not even, I mean, I don't, I don't even think it's to the level of down or up. I think it's just to the level of, it's almost like they're analyzing. And well, and, and you know, I shouldn't even, I'm going to give myself a little bit more credit because as I've gotten older, I've gotten better. It's about being present in that moment and you're just playing, you know, we talk about it with goalie coaches all the time, but you just get to the point where you play and I've gotten a lot better as I've gotten older. I think our last conversation was a bit about that too, where it's like, all right, you're not overanalyzing. Hey, if you let in 12 goals today and you get embarrassed and roasted on Twitter, whatever, yeah. it's going to happen. I mean, you just get to the point where you just go out there and play as hard as you can, let the chips fall where they may. Um, and I think that's, what's most impressive is like, it's taken me a long time to understand how to get to that spot. And I've gotten a lot better at it. Um, but that is just something that's ingrained in guys like Carey Price and Carter and Vasilevsky. I mean, go down the line. Um, it's just who they are as people. They just don't think it and they just, they just do it. Um, you feel it too when you're just playing and you're not thinking too, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I mean, like you, I'm sure you, we can feel those things, which, you know, probably makes us successful in 
you know, maybe more successful in a pencil pushing world situation or something like that. Yeah. But, but, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, I mean, it's a, it, like whether it's beer league or whether it's the NHL, I mean, those are the struggles that we all go through and, um, you just always are trying to find out the recipe. I always think about it as a recipe. What's the recipe that I need to do in preparation to get to that point once the puck drops? And that's pretty much what my whole life, I would say pretty much every professional hockey player's life is. What is the recipe for me to, to get to that point where I'm not thinking, I'm just playing and I'm playing very well. Yeah, and then you ride it, and you don't question it. So that's the other thing you don't get over analytical yeah. when it's working. Um, Al, uh, what, what's the uh, what's the plan tonight for the boys? You got there's a game tomorrow. Uh, any big plans inside the bubble? No, no, I don't think so. Uh, Ping pong, anything like that? Pool, billiards, Call of Duty? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah probably some video games, maybe. Um, I actually just got an electric guitar I ordered in here, so. I might be strumming a little bit, um, but other than that, just just hanging, enjoying the night, uh, and uh, try not to overthink it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now the real question. What kind of guitar? Is it, you go Gibson or Fender? You're going to tell me a lot about you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's called a jam stick. So I have, a, uh, I have my acoustic at home, my cheap $150 acoustic. I just picked it up during quarantine, and so I've been playing it. And I couldn't bring it on the plane. It's too dang big. Um, so I got back here, and I was like, all right, I got to get a guitar. Are you a guitar guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so I got here, and I'm like, all right, I got I to gotta have something I can play. And so I got a jam stick. It's about, uh, I think it's 32 inches long, and it's just the, uh, you know, the strings and the fretboard. neck. Yeah. Yeah, and the fretboard, and that's it. So, um Maybe if I was making a little bit more moolah and had a few more years under my belt, I would have ordered the Stratocaster or something like that. But I just got as small, small of one as I could find. That's awesome. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Jam out tonight. Play some Skinner. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. All right. Thank you. Uh, have a good one. I really enjoyed it. Always like talking to Alex Lyon. Very well thought out guy. Very smart guy. And we appreciate his time here once again on Flyers Daily, which is presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Flyers, Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho and give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. Thanks for listening to Flyers Daily. Everybody, enjoy the game today. Game four coming up at 3 o'clock. We'll give you a day after game and game day edition tomorrow of Flyers Daily. In the meantime, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy your hockey. Whiskey bottles and brand new cars. Oak tree, you're in my way. There's too much coke and too much smoke. Look what's going on.